back. That's us. We are definitely back. The one, the only, the CBS Sports Boxing Podcast back on your menu and offering you that one, that one, the one, the one. That's Canelo Floyd. The one, the only, the performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, your guy, that guy, the man, the name on the marquee. That's definitely who I am. Back with my boxing bestie, the one, the one again. Wow, I got to get new catchphrases there. The Rafe Bartholomew, the world-renowned author, protector of cruiserweights. And boy, do we have a cruiserweight Super Bowl this weekend that we cannot wait to get into. One day, this guy's books will be touching M's along with himself. But for now, you're just going to have to hear one of his many theme songs. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you up. Let me lick you up. What happened to your name? What's our podcast called? ESPN Plus Counter Punch. What is the name of all of our shows now, Brian? I don't know. Maybe we'll call it the, the Rafe Bugs Hour. Wow, what an awful intro. But Rafe, you're back. I'm back. We got a loaded show. We took a couple weeks off. People are angry. We got a lot to get into. All that good stuff. You are on that left coast, the same coast I'm going to be at in a few weeks for the great Wilder Fury fight. Can't wait, Bart Scott. That's what I'm talking about right there. And we know this week, uh, we got, man, we got a lot of fun stuff to get into. But before I even set the lineup, how are you, bro? Love and basketball, a love story. You, Jackie McMullen, Dan Clores, the New York Times bestseller list. What's going on with this thing? All that stuff is going really well, but I'm going to be totally honest with you, Brian. I am focused like a laser on two specific things this week, and none of them belong to me. It's not about me right now. It's not about me, all right? This is It's not. It's just, yeah. Uh, you know what it's about? It's about two things, and it's not this clickbait you're about to drop on my head and bang me over the head with. I know what it's going to I know what you got coming for me, but what I'm not going to stop thinking about all week is Nico Macias fighting Thursday wow. night and wow. Usyk Bellew. That is the double kebab of my heart. All right, I have a double. I'm, I have a double rat tail, and I'm holding two kebabs right now. I'm ready. Mama finger, papa finger, is so good. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah, Rafe. Forget about your own projects. Forget about that newsletter you used to do. Let's talk box man do we have a lot to get into we're going to preview all aspects of this weekend's incredible bout in the zone when four belt cruiserweight champion alexander Usyk defends against tony bellew wow can't wait for that one we got nico macius on the timeline thursday night on espn we got a lot to get to from last weekend and more weekend preview do you care hey we got a chat with Alex Saucedo, who's got a big fight coming up on ESPN in a couple weeks. That guy bangs, Rafe. He bangs. So I mean, he banged with Lenny V and and, and lived to tell the tale. We, we got to bang him a little bit. I mean, we're not banging him. Yeah, 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 right. Uh, so, yeah, we're a little, a little rough on the edges this week, but the good news is that we're back. We're ready to talk box. We're going to have a lot of fun stuff coming your way. Rafe, uh how are you doing with the with the stream crossing? Box is fun right now. Like every Saturday, there's like seven networks that you that you have to take care of, and 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 but like it's constant fun. Right now, it's fun. Is it going to stop being fun? It's fun right now. Well, it's. I think it will continue being fun. I think 
it's hard to be to, uh, all in, right? It's hard to be one of these guys who knows everything, who's watching everything. There's so much going on that it's becoming like I don't, it's becoming like other sports, man. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like these guys who watch six hours of basketball a night. That doesn't, that's not fun to me. I want to watch a couple good fights. Call it a weekend. Let's let's let says, that is my ideal. But says the guy who just put out a, a book about how much he loves basketball. But that's fine. That's fine. I like to play basketball more than I like to watch it. I still, even though I'm not very good, it's still a participatory aspect to me. I don't. Well, I heard. I, I heard Bill Simmons once called you a stretch four. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really know that much about basketball on the court. He watches a lot of it. So he okay. Wow, wow. He's calling the shots here. Uh yeah, yeah. That's his uh this is uh, I hear you, man, but um just, I don't know, something feels special about this time, Rafe. This is a fun time to be alive. Do we give all the credit to Eddie Hearn and the uh Ukrainian oligarch over in Dazone or is it uh, is it a perfect storm coming together right now? I call it the perfect storm. I mean, it, it it's the pressure from Eddie Hearn and his oligarch backing, but of course, you got that just makes Al Heyman up his ante, go go pull in some money from Fox and wherever else in Showtime. Anyone who's willing to get down with PBC, yeah, you know me. And then, you know, Bob Arum and ESPN making this big play. It is it is a little bit of a perfect storm, and it's a little bit weird to do it without our friends at HBO Boxing. But shoot, you know, the show goes on. Wow. Boxing, yeah, I mean, there's no happy endings in boxing, Rafe. We have talked about this. We have seen this. We have found this out all the time. Well, I mean, at the Girl Collection, there's there's probably some, you know, happy and yeah, okay, okay, yeah, we got we got the, we got the joke, we got the joke. Let's move, let's move. What are you talking about? That, yeah, what what do you you know? This guy is trying to shoot. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. Uh, you did mention Al Heyman briefly. Al Heyman, the goat. Uh, did you set you? Did you hear that sound you sent me from Uncle Bob talking about his great old nemesis Al Heyman? Good <laughs> lord! Oh, I think they should fight. No question about it. It's not even an issue. This is like nonsense. But you got to talk to Mister Cancer. But he'll never talk to you, right? Because he's cancer, and cancer sneaks up and gets into the bones and destroys. Wow, wow, Rave. We're not big on really on cancer jokes on this show. Wow, Bob. Are you serious right now? They, you know, they took everything that was wrong with boxing <laughs> and mixed it with everything that was wrong with Adrian Broner, and then they gave birth to Adrian Broner. Oh, I can't do that, the Pauly line, oh, but you know what I'm saying. It's, this is the Al, Al and Pauly, not Al and Pauly, Bob and Pauly should get, or old school Pauly before he was Team Heyman Pauly, should get together and, and come up with some material to take down Heyman. Yo, 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 relax, relax, you know what I mean? Wow, uh, but hey, you know, Bob's a big player in this game. It's not just that oligarch. Bob's got his own contracts going right now. We don't believe in <laughs> contracts. Hey, Bob, <laughs> the hell are we talking about? Speaking of Heyman, speaking of this perfect storm in boxing and that one man who loves the headlines, who may be a little, little sore right now, a little sore that the people that are in the headlines are his old rivals like Oscar and Canelio and all these other people. So this man and Manny, Manny's in the headlines too. And this man had to force his way back into the headlines. The box party is fun right now, and this guy needs to be a part of it. 
Although I don't know if his party is going to be a box party, Rafe. I don't know much about this party. Sounds more like it could be a uh, Cali party or a uh, or a Philippine Grand Garden Hotel party. No, 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 come on, no, no, no. This is Danny's orgy. No, 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 no. But the news that we need to get to, whether you like it or not. Speaking of the one, it's TBE Floyd Money Mayweather. He's back. He will fight. December 31st, New Year's Eve from the Saitama Super Arena in Japan against 20-year-old featherweight kickboxing phenom Tenshin Nasukawa. And what we don't know what it is, Rafe, I don't know if it's going to be in a cage, a chicken coop, a ring. Some people say it's a three-round exhibition boxing match. Some people say it's a modified MMA fight. I mean, like, like, like. All right, Bob. We know Bob Look, MMA. Bob. Brian, are a bunch of skinhead white guys. Uh, yeah, remember that. Uh, I'll tell you what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it ain't. It ain't Birdo. This ain't Birdo. It's the raw dog. Oh. What the hell is this? So let's get to the officials here. Risen Fighting Federation, which is an MMA promotion that's been known to do, let's say, pride-like shows. Pride was the, was the big rival of UFC in the beginning of the 2000s, put on these crazy shows with no drug testing. They'd have like really good fights and then put Jose Canseco in the main event. Like they do random stuff like that. And this is one of those random stuff things, Rafe, but it's a 41-year-old greatest boxer of his era against a 5'5", 20-year-old who's got some sick kickboxing KOs if you watch the highlight reels. But um, this is gross, Rafe. So this here's what this is. This is the end game for a lot of big-name fighters. Muhammad Ali toured the world. Heck, he had that mixed rules match against Antonio Inoki, which uh, Josh Gross wrote a, wrote a cool book about. And... It, We've seen this when guys have no other avenue. The biggest comparison I have is the great Mike Tyson when they did the worst boxing pay-per-view in the history of the world. Do you remember this, Rafe, about like 06 when he did a three-round sparring exhibition in a T-shirt against Corey T-Rex Sanders? No, not the Corey Sanders that took Vladimir Sol in South Africa. Fat Corey T-Rex Sanders, who had headgear and a T-shirt on, and they sparred for three rounds. You remember that with Ray Boom Boom Mancini on the call? Brian, I'm gonna be honest. I have no, I have no clue about this event. I was in the Philippines at the time. I was, my life was all Manny, all basketball, all, all Eric Morales. That, that I, I was not, I was not clued in on that level back then. All right, it was like a year or two after Tyson had retired and got got his soul taken by McBride, and we were like just so happy to have him back. And they put some real fights on the undercard. I think it was in like Cincinnati, but then. When you found out and realized what you actually had paid for, I watched it at ESPN in a newsroom, but you were like, what? Why? And I don't know if you remember, but that was supposed to be a tour of pay-per-views that Tyson was going to do around the world, all sparring, all against the same guy. And that first one <laughs> was so derided that people were like forced to, you know. You have a problem? Turn off your station. Oh, Mike, they turned the station off, okay? But the whole point of me bringing that up is... Tyson did that because he had to, Rafe. Shortly after, you know what he did? He took up residence in Las Vegas, sparring in a glass-covered ring where people could come by and pay to watch. It's like Pete Rose sitting in that signing booth in Vegas or Britney Spears or Wash Celine Dion. I mean, that's what happens when you have to. Floyd doesn't really have to, Rafe. What are we doing here? 
look, if people want to give money to Floyd to show up out of the country, you know, I mean, this is this to me, this is not that much different from when he goes and appears with various warlords in the Caucasus regions of Russia, and they and he puts on a suit and they have him hang around with some tigers, and he everyone wears TMT gear, and they give him a stack of cash that probably came from USAID somehow, and that's the end of the story. You know, this is this is just a version of that which may involve some version of fighting. You know, and, and I'll tell you, Brian, the thing that I took to heart about this entire uh news breaking this week just like i'm just so impressed that nico macias has risen so high now that floyd feels the need to upstage his thursday night fight on espn i think that's great for nico the rooster baby it all comes back to that they they come to they come to uh see the rooster Yes, and Brian, and did you see the, the clips online of Floyd's opponent, whose name I don't know yet and may never bother learning? So apparently um, people that are woke on kickboxing are DM me and they're like, no, this guy's a star. He's 20 years old, but he's knocking fools out. He's like a star in Asia. That's fine. He weighs 126 pounds. He's I, just, I, I saw him knocking out. I'm not rude wrong. That guy fought Joe Shiming at like 112 pounds. What are we doing here? By the way, did you see just a few weeks ago that Floyd pit, uh, bought $2,000 worth of Mega Millions lottery tickets? Oh, <laughs> too bad he didn't win. He is about the money. I mean, that is his nickname. Um, all right. So here's the honest truth. It's a, obviously this is a stun. It's about money. It's a look. All the famous people when they're not famous anymore for doing what they did. They go somewhere else where people would worship them, right? Hasselhoff ruled Germany for years. I don't know why I'm extra sad to see Floyd do this now when we all know he could go in there against almost every, almost every welterweight. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think at 41 I'd favor him to beat Bud or Spence, but like almost anybody he can go in there and probably win still. All right, true or false? Are, are we past that line or are we still there? Uh, I I wouldn't bet on it yet. I would I would like you said really outside of Spence Spence and Crawford. I would I would be very afraid of picking against Floyd until I see him look bad in the ring against someone. So my point on this is like I don't care, but he doesn't care if I care because guess what? This is apparently not a pay per view in the U S. because of the timing. It's going to happen in the middle of the night, and he's expected to make. Somewhere between, I saw a report some, from some Japanese newspaper, somewhere between 66 and 80 million. I think, or, or what is it? He's getting a flat rate of something like 60 something million and then he expects on international pay-per-view to up that another 20 or 30. I mean, hey, it's good work if you can get it, but I guess what I'm saying is it's shameless and sad when you're still this good. But Floyd's always been shameless and sad to a degree, even when he was great, right? Right? So, like, yeah, he's always been shameless, not sad. This, sure, it's shameless, but I think uh, to me, it's it's who cares? It's who cares? It's fine. Let him do it. We'll watch. In fact, we don't even have to pay this time. This this is like the best possible. Floyd stunt we could deal with because most of his other stunts that we worry about are things we'd expect to pay a hundred dollars pay-per-view for so this is just can come and go we can watch it laugh about it he's done with his real career that's fine he had a very good one I think we can say that oh he's not done Ray we get in the Manny rematch this is the tune-up for the Manny rematch that's also a circus fight I mean it's it's more of a real fight it will we will we'll still hold it against Manny when he loses to Floyd again but uh it will so it's not going to be a, a, a real it's, – it's not like – these aren't prime fighters anymore. They aren't fighting active. They're not it's, – they're, they're fighters emeritus, and, and they're, the greatness that they had during their careers gives them that, that 
that luxury to go continue making millions off of their name and appearing and having weird fake events. Good for them. I wish I could do that. Don't you wish you could? Well, you kind of do that with the books, and you're working out well for you, right? How dare you? (laughs) Man, I'm so washed. It's true. I just show up with some books, and people are like, oh, what are those? Oh, I wrote these. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned this, and I think you're right. This ain't Birdo. Think what you want to This ain't Birdo. I don't care. This ain't Birdo. And if it was Birdo, we'd be paying $75 like we did in 2015 for his growing away graduation retirement fight, and it was awful. But maybe you're right. Maybe... This is more of like that Bellator slop that shows up for free on your cable TV. But who's going to air this in the U.S.? Would, does Showtime, who not only has the relationship with Heyman and Floyd, but obviously wants to keep something like this off of DAZN, do they just jump in and be like, Floyd, we'll buy the American rights. We'll, we'll put this on live. I think that's the, the the best answer. That's the most likely answer, unless Heyman can cut a deal with Fox. Although, no, I think, I mean, a major network just, I think, would not be willing to get into do any business with Floyd or get into bed with Floyd because of the the backlash that would, that would probably cause. So I'm, I would say Showtime because they've been doing it and they just they know they they're comfortable with it. You know what would be the great curveball, the amazing curveball, if over the top rope. Here comes, is that Peter Nelson's music? Is HBO boxing? Oh my god! This, what is the story of this fight going to be? The storytelling platform is going to tell this amazing story of Floyd Mayweather fighting some Japanese kickboxer on a night no one knows what's happening and without getting drunk anyway. I am more man. I have bigger huevos. Wow, uh, no, that, that's the, no, 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 that is not, that is not allowable. No, 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 no. Do you believe in flying kangaroos? No, no, Teddy, no, no. Uh, Rafe, um, so the guy who runs Risen, Ryzen, whatever, is the guy who used to run Pride. I know you don't, you know, Nobuyuki, Saki Kabara, I know you don't care about that, but, but it lends more credence to the idea that this will, probably be anything but an actual fight so if it's a three-round exhibition are we are we going to assume that a we're going to see headgear and that and b we're going to see an understanding from both that we ain't we ain't trying to win this bro we're trying to cash them checks or is this the kind of exhibition like drago creed was where one guy didn't know it was an exhibition and and, and then and then you know he killed him it's 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 supposed to be a damn exhibition, Brian. But you never know. This could they they could be laying a trap for Floyd to come in. Think it's all all sweet, gonna make some easy money. And all of a sudden, this guy is coming out and doing Tom Post stuff to him. It, it, you know, it, and then setting up the you know one of Floyd's kids to train in kickboxing, come back and avenge, wow. avenge the death. I mean, this is kickboxer four right in front of us. Kickboxer. It's, it's got yeah. a little bit of creed in there too, right? A little, a little bit. Yeah, of- you know, I mean, you know, the cross racial. Franchise extensions, absolutely. Hey, I saw the, I finally saw Creed on an airplane two weeks ago. I finally did. And it was, um, it was, the first half was really good, like really good. And I just didn't love the second half because it evolved into a Rocky movie in the second half. Do you agree or disagree with that? My, my thing with Creed was that it is too, it's too good. It's not what I want in a Rocky franchise film. See, I thought it, I, I loved the parts that were too good. And then when it, it's kind of turned more into a Rocky movie at the end. I'm like, oh, this is one of those where they pick the good moments out of all the Rockies and they put it back in. You know, just like Star I, Wars Episode Seven. It's basically the same thing. I, it's very hard to go back to to recreate the feeling of the '80s in a movie these days. You can't. It's very. It, it, we were just more so innocent back then. But 
I, I want some schlock, man. I want the bad montages and these, even the mon, even the montage, it got me, it got me amped up, but there was no running on the beach. There's no man hugging. There's no insane, like, whatever, like, like outrunning the, the Russian car in the mountain full yeah. of snow and then go, that's the stuff I come to Rocky for. Do you care about the Creed rematch, the Creed 2 with this Drago kid? Because we got Al Bundy's prediction on how the movie ends. Uh, the Russian, I think, is, is, more to my liking. So, uh, you know, you, you got any thoughts on that? Well, this will be the test of whether or not my, my criticism of the original Creed is, is, is worth anything because the good director, Ryan Coogler, who, who took, who, who took over the franchise is not directing the sequel. It's just, it's just Stallone now. It's just Rocky. And they're bringing back Lundgren. They have some terrible, uh, gigantic, uh, bodybuilder. Do it coming in as Drago's son, to, 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 so it's going to be a much more schlocky film, and I'm looking forward to that and hoping it 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 makes me uh, it justifies my feelings on the first one. All right. Well, speaking of schlock, big schlocks, you know, stuff like stuff on that category. Um, Floyd didn't necessarily call Nasukawa a uh, what's his go-to line? He's a he's a young tough lion. Is that his question? <laughs> a young hungry lion? Young, right. He, he did say this quote. I think he's young. I think he said. I think he's young, very strong, and very fast, and he undefeated. So it's obvious he's doing something right. And then Floyd went on to uh, disparage himself by saying, "Quote: My body doesn't look the same as it used to look." Now this guy Nasukawa, unbeaten as a kickboxer, and also four and zero as an MMA artist or MM artist actually, as an MM artist, not as an MM artist. He's he's four and zero. Rafe, um, yeah, I'm already done with this. But we had a, I guess we had to talk. What? I don't care. I don't care about uh, Nasukawa's life. I don't care about his family. I mean, like, you know, and, and for Floyd. You think I care about what the freak that guy that acted that way, that behaved that way, that I care what he thinks of me? No. No. <laughs> I don't. No. I, I don't. I don't. Um, <laughs> no. That's still going. You hear it's still going. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't care, but I guess we're not supposed to care, Rafe. We're not even supposed to pay. We're just supposed to just, uh, I guess bang the drum for, um, Manny and, uh, Floyd too. Are you upset that Manny just came out and said he thought he won the first fight and then in the same breath said, if I wasn't injured, I would have won? Are you, are you okay with that? I'm not, I'm not so okay with that. I've never been okay with Manny's excuses over that fight. He did not appear injured at all. Um, he rehabbed the, the surgery by swimming in the ocean. The, the, the story doesn't, has never stuck together and it, it, I wish he would drop it, but what are you going to do? Guys don't like to lose. And this was a, you know, it, it, it doesn't always bring out the best in people. Um, it, it is what it is, man. What are you going to do? All right. So man, are, I mean, are you, do you still live in a world where Manny is your hero because he's the, the lynch linchpin, if you will, the 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 baton that was passed you that got you inside the box, if you will, or are you able? Like you know, I got that same feeling with Oscar. Like I liked boxing before Oscar, but when Oscar became Oscar, I became a serious boxing fan for a window, and that's essentially what led to me being a super crazy, deranged, serious boxing fan now. So I'm able to see Oscar's flaws. And really not fully hold the fishnets in the, uh, against him. Even as other people are saying, you know, I got two words for you, Oscar, you know, fish scales and all that. 
where's your relationship as a fan with Manny in that regard? When these things happen, does it throw dirt on the grave, or are you just sort of like, Manny's a flawed human, and I respect that? I try to be the latter way, man. Like, we're all flawed humans, and as is Manny, and, and you just sort of have to take the good with the bad, and there's a lot of bad that has piled up, frankly, in recent years with Manny with regards to his political career and, and things that happen outside of boxing that I don't always feel great about. He'll, he'll always be someone I look at as I, I, just this, this part of my life that I love that I can will never let go of. Uh, and uh, for, for what he means, you know, to me personally, for what he has meant to, to the Philippines, especially during the times when I lived there and, and, and also being really during his prime, and that was a long ass prime, the most electrifying MF in fighter around. Good God. I mean, you know, if I'm ever feeling bad about my, my fandom of Manny Pacquiao, you know what I can do? I can watch any of like a dozen fights and be like, Oh my God, this man, this man, I love you again. And you know what, Brian, it's inspiring me. There's, I've been meaning a while to throw a little what it looked like at you. Uh, and I'm yeah, sorry you, to, to, you got, to put you on the spot here, but it's a dangerous one, and it's one that scares me a little bit. It's prime, like like cutting through the welterweight division, Miguel Cotto, uh, Antonio Margarito, even though they went up to some fake 154 for that, uh, Manny Pacquiao, that version of Manny. So the very best big version of, uh, of Manny. With the headphones uh, on listening to the performance-enhancing audio? Uh, sure, if you believe that he, he listened to a little bit of the audio, absolutely. Um, versus... The Canelo we just saw. Wow. 154 Canelo, I should say. Like, like, so end what? of, uh, Con, Canelo Canelo. Canelo, oh, wow, when he took that body. Wow, Canelo Canelo. Wow. Um, is Manny, is Manny just too fast or does Canelo's timing, know, does dude. he catch him with I the mean, punch that does the Marquez thing to him? I don't know, it's scary, man. Go back and watch that Cotto fight and watch the Oscar fight and you'll convince yourself yes. But at the same time, you'll say, well, Oscar was sucked out. And Cotto was, you know, damaged from Margarito, damaged from Claudie, not fully confident, although those forced four rounds and Cotto Pacquiao are a, are a fine wine that ages so well. Go back and watch those first four rounds. It was beautiful. But, you know, Paulie, who's always been woke on the idea of, you know, man, he's got needles still hanging out. There's, there's, there's marks. There's marks on there has always said, look, to prove it, if you in boxing let off with like a six punch combination, you gotta step back and take a breath. You can't just then come back with an eight punch combination. So, if, when Manny does that to people, all bets are off, Rafe. You know what I mean? And that version of Prime 54 Canelo still wasn't throwing enough punches. Was still a little bit too selective looking for the counter shot. I don't know. Like, I feel like Manny could outpoint him, but then I feel like, Canelo could land one big one, and that would turn Manny into the guy who was afraid to come at Floyd at the end of that fight. Remember in round 11 when Floyd came out, it's like, I'm just going to throw hard right hands right in the middle of the ring, and then Manny's like, oh, I'm checking out. I got a shoulder injury. I'm out of here. Guys, I'm out of here. That might happen with one Canelo shot, right? Or or did that version of Manny, because Margarito hit him with some big ones. Cotto basically ruptured his eardrum. That version of Manny used to take them stuff, right? Yeah, I think the, the, the scary, the, the, the case for Canelo winning that fight is basically landing some version of the Marquez one shot knockout punch, which obviously it took a, a great, great fighter who 
we'll see how Marquez and Canelo stack up historically. It would be something if Canelo could get to that level. But at this point, we may have to start considering it. Let me go vomit. Uh, but that, uh, yeah, it took Canelo, it took Marquez four fights and one last fight with all of Mimo's powers running through him to land that shot. So the idea that, that Canelo would, would get it on the first try, uh, is, is, seems maybe unlikely, but, you know, he's, he's bigger. He would he probably, we haven't really, we've never, now we've seen Canelo take heavy shots and not get too rattled. So at the idea of Pacquiao hurting him badly in the fight is harder to, to, to believe than, than before. Uh, if he, you know, he, he would be standing in there in the pocket and if he landed one huge crunching counter uppercut, it could be nights out, lights out, man. Oh, wow. And I'm going to say something that's probably, quite strange to the ears of people but doesn't mean i'm right doesn't mean i'm wrong just means where i'm coming from and what i'm thinking from from my life is that maybe he was on something well maybe he's made terms with himself and maybe for the first time in a long time he's going to look inwardly and find out what he is and that's powerful so for the first time maybe he's going to say you know what Freak this. Freak this. Oh, I, 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 I'm a Mexican-born fighter. I've been a champion. I've been fighting since I'm 16 years old. I didn't get here for nothing. So I think what Teddy's saying right there is, is uh, he's going to channel himself and knock Pacquiao out. But, hey, that's a great what's-it-look-like there, Rafe. No question about it. Uh, we got to get into a little bit of what happened this past week, including the week before. Um, Big-time stuff in the WBSS Bantamweight tournament, turn back the clock night. Where was this fight located, Rafe? This fight was in, uh, in Europe, right? This was in, uh, this past weekend in Glasgow, in Glasgow Scotland? Scotland, when Nonito Donare captured. So this was his first Bantamweight bout in seven years. And let's not forget his last fight against Carl Frampton was two weight classes higher. So everything screamed, you're going to get your soul taken here, old man. Yet Nonito, due to some extra circumstances, takes a fifth round TKO from Ryan Burnett in the semifinals of the 118 WBSS tourney, wins the WBA belt, and is now having this miraculous run after Mr. Burnett, basically after the fifth round. Doctor said I need a bacchiatomy. Uh, Rafe, good story here. Can, are we allowed to celebrate it? I mean, it's, it's fun, but what, Right. Uh, yeah, for sure we can celebrate it. Why not? Look, it's not a it's not a clean, definitive win, right? It's it, but it's probably a little more. Def- it might it's even less definitive than the the legendary Nonito win over Simpiwe Vidyeka when yes. Vidyeka got the cut and the, and Robert Garcia did the old let's go to the let's let's go to the cards and so or, or Nonito got cut and they went to the cards with with Nonito up with a knockdown or two uh, so he wouldn't have to finish the fight anyway. Nonito has wins like this on his resume. I think, look, no, I, I didn't see too many people overreacting to the win as if it really meant that Nonito was now, uh, you know, that he had clear, clearly, cleanly defeated Ryan Burnett. It was a pretty close fight that was shaping up in an interesting way to see if, if, if Nonito's 
power and trying to walk down Burnett would have had an effect late in the fight, or if he was taking some of those nice, clean shots that Burnett was landing, if they were going to to catch up with Nonito a little bit, both guys were were getting were, were getting hit. It was it was shaping up to be a really nice little fight. Nonito looked good at the weight. He didn't. He you know he's he's been one of these guys. At, at 122 and 126, who had a little bit of the muffin tops hanging over the over the over the shorts when he fought at those weights, he was uh, you could tell he had moved up and blown up a little bit more than his his optimal weight. Uh, so he looked pretty good at the weight, surprisingly good. I don't. It was hard to tell if he had the same amount of power, or all that stuff. But shoot, who he cares? Was in like, that fight, he, he was up on one of the three scorecards at the time of the stoppage, right? He was competitive in there. There was a shot he could have won that against the unbeaten Burnett, right? Can we, can we there was, yeah, I think it was competitive. I would have, my guess is it looked like it was heading toward a close sort of, you know, seven five eight four Burnett type win with with you know that might have that I actually expected to be wider just because they were fighting in in the UK. Um, but you know, Nonito looked good. He looked like he belonged there, uh, and and he didn't get hurt, and the other guy did. So boom, he wins. Good for him. He gets another belt. He gets to fight in the semifinals. He gets to see if he can survive the lullaby punch of Zolani Pepe. Watch out, Nonito. Nonito's going to be trying to land something that has Tete singing the lullaby song as well. Um, but the one thing I'm afraid of, you know what? I am, I am frightened that, that this miracle run continues because it cannot end well. The more it continues, the worse it looks because we know what's waiting on the other side of that bracket. Even if he's not waiting yet, he still has to beat Emmanuel Rodriguez. I don't care. We know he's going to be there. Inoue, don't let it oh, happen. No. That we is... can't let him face the monster. We can't like, let Donaire. Just walk away. Walk away. I don't care. Bring him. Let Burnett get healthy and fight as a replacement. I don't care. Don't let it happen. Wow. Uh, Nonito, 35. I mean, this is adding some some little sprinkles of extra on top of this great career, you know, where he's kind of a borderline if not already their hall of famer i mean he's let's not forget this guy was like pound for pound number three in the world in in 2013 heading into that guillermo 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 Rigenda, who by the way signed with pbc he's not done let's see if we have a fight rigo's back he's not done we will see rigo donaire too before the end of it and you know this man you know we will I, I, I want to see. I, I want to see Donati Mares first. Give me Abner. Well, bad news for Ryan Burnett. He, you know, he, it, it was obvious in the fourth round he had a lower back injury. He took a knee, couldn't make it after the fifth. Couldn't even sit down. It was just bad. But um, you know, Donaire was quoted as saying, "I was I was about to get my groove on." So I don't know if he was talking about Rachel. I don't know really where where he was necessarily going with that per se. Um, very interesting. On the other side of the bracket, Rafe on Saturday. We saw a guy who looks really good. Sorry, not the other, other tournament of the WBSS. Josh Taylor in the 140 bracket had a quarterfinal matchup against Ryan Blue Chip Martin, promoted by Tom Loeffler. We've seen him get decisions he didn't deserve on, on Triple G undercards in the past. And this was a TKO7, Rafe. I did not see this fight. What should people know about this? Ryan, I think I think it's that you have to call him Ryan Blue Balls Martin or something because he he ain't no blue chip. This ain't Berto. This ain't um, Nick Nolte. Yeah, this ain't Nick Nolte. This is not Tony. All right, he this guy was shaving something. Yeah, or he just is no good. Um, 
I, you know, Martin didn't show anything. He came out. Maybe people, so, uh, some folks I, I read on Twitter believe that maybe he was he was just not ready for the moment to step up that much in class and and fight a real world class fighter. Uh, maybe he just wasn't good enough. We don't know. But for whatever reason, he came out and and just laid an egg. He was very inactive. He really just stood around and 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 waited for Josh Taylor to pick him apart. And when it ended, it wasn't violent, this violent ending. There was a little, it was sort of an accidental rabbit punch that landed on towards the back of, of Martin's head. And Martin kind of turned around to complain and then half went down and the ref just stopped it because he didn't, because, because to me, it looked like he was, he might've been looking for a way out of that fight, which is not a terrible thing because he hadn't done anything in the first what six seven rounds of it it's just sure. it was it was a disappointing performance i'm sure for him and uh abel sanchez and and josh taylor looked great taylor will move on to face unbeaten ivan baranchik in the semifinals we're setting up though for josh taylor ruger right i mean this is this is the one right to, to uh, that's that what i wanted game. to ask you brian now that they've fought on either back-to-back weeks or with a one week in between who did, did, do you, are you, are you leaning towards one or the other? Which way is it hanging? Is it hanging wow. to the Rougarou or is it hanging to the, to the Josh Taylor, to the Tartan Tornado? Wow. Wow. Uh, you know, I gotta rewatch, I gotta actually watch this Taylor Martin fight. I had, you know, I wasn't, I had intentions, but then I had to watch that WWE crap from Saudi Arabia. I was at the UFC fight over the weekend. I know you don't care. You don't care about my excuses. All right. I get that, Rafe, but I'm going to get back to you on that. All I know is to see, Knowing what Josh Taylor did in that really good fight with uh, your guy, the guy, the guy that Bud Crawford beat the crap out of. You know the guy. The guy that took uh, Ice Iceman. Yeah, the, guy, the damn Iceman, Victor Postal. Yeah. Uh, I really want to see that. This is going to be a great – look, and these tournaments have given us really good endings, really. I mean, we've That's, seen some great stuff. I mean, we saw – got to say, Brian, Baranchik – he look, I, I, I'm buying some of that, some of that Yang that Lou DiBella is, Baranchik's promoter is selling because woo, woo, he looked nasty. He looked like a very mean, powerful, aggressive dude. And it's going to be very exciting to see how Taylor deals with him. If he, he's able to, uh, impose some distance with his, with his height and length and jab and movement, or if Baranchik just, you know, breaks down that door and comes in yeah. and makes it a really nasty, hard fight. I mean, you saw, you saw Anthony Yigit's eye after Dig it. the yeah. Baranchik fight. It was, it was straight up a, a peach booty. I mean, it was nasty. Like Stephen A. Baranchik will hit back. That's wild. That's just wild, unnecessary uh, sound right there, Rafe. Um, so also this past weekend, hey, shout out to ESPN for this brawl that we knew was going to be a brawl that probably should have been on HBO. But with the death of HBO, it falls right into Uncle Bob's hands when Mickey Roman gave it everything he had against Miguel Burchelt for that WBC, was that 130 pounds? Yes. 130 title. Burchell gets the eighth round stoppage in an absolute banger of a war. You, though, before I had a chance to see it because I missed it live, you said, hold up. We're not going to call this a fight of the year contender, an instant classic like Top Rank's PR machine is spinning. Sorry, corner man, we love you. But you were like, yeah, it's fun, but it was completely one-sided. And then when I went into watching it, 
first three rounds. Oh my God, I was I was fired up. By the way, I, I watched the international feed. Todd Grisham on the international call is friggin' fantastic. I would take him over Joe Tess right now. I think Todd's entering a new realm right now of of, of best work of his career. And this fight was great until it just became, holy crap, Mickey Roman's getting the crap beat out of him. And this guy, the guy has bull. Like that's what that became, Rafe. Fun fight. But Burchell, in this category of 130 brawlers that we saw last year on HBO, right? When Burchell took out Vargas in 2017 and, and they all fought each other. Burchell's the best because he's got longer arms and he can box. And he's tough as balls like the rest of them. But he just might have more skills than the rest of them, correct? Yeah, he looks like the most versatile of that group, right? Uh, of all these guys where, you know, oh, man, we could put together a, a high-level slobber knocker round robin between these guys, and who would win? Well, Bertelt is setting himself clearly apart with, yeah, he's fresher than Francisco Vargas was. He has, he's, he's, you know, just better in, in almost every way than Mickey Roman was. Uh, he's, you know, he, he can box a little, he moves, Did he, he fight really, Salido? I mean, he, he can, what? Did he fight Salito yet? He did not fight Salito because Salito lost to oh, Mickey Roman, Roman and, yes. and now he's in politics and looks like he put on like a little bit of baby weight. I don't think I don't think we're getting Salito back. We still love you though, bro. Um, I, I, yeah, Burchell looks like a real good fighter. I like. I, I, is he a perfect fighter? Of course not. He gets hit. He's he's aggressive. He he he's, he gets. You know, the the commentary team on ESPN was noting how he when he was going going for the finish, he was sort of getting over his feet a little bit, trying to throw these knockout fight ending punches on Mickey Roman. And I think that is fair criticism. But at the same time, I think he. I don't know. Fight fans. And to some extent, trainers probably like to see a guy who smells blood and goes for it, right? Because he, I don't think Miguel Bertelt was wrong in, in feeling, sensing that his opponent was on the way out and that if he just hit, put his foot on the gas, took a couple more risks, he could get him out right then and there. And credit to Mickey Roman, that guy has balls, right? He oh fights God. like a tough, tough gangster and he and he survived a lot of nasty punishment he, i mean but, that fight could have easily been stopped in around five or six i mean there was one knockdown where you're like all oh, right that's it i don't want to see anymore and he just kept coming rafe i mean i do i should i give you a gross out no i shouldn't i shouldn't i, I mean from the fifth round to the twelfth round i was in your ass yeah it's so i mean roman wouldn't stop getting in there right inside of there rafe and then, you know, he paid the ultimate price for that. But here's a guy who's 32, was already considering retirement because he's got, what, like 13 losses? But he just doesn't stop trying to bang, right? I mean, the, we we got to bang him. We're not banging him in there, you know? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you wish the fighter like Mickey Roman had hit this period of his career maybe a little earlier before he'd been through so many wars and fought in so many of these off TV or not on American TV fights in Juarez and Tijuana and different parts of Mexico where, where of course he's still making money, but it's not making big money. Now he probably, because he he's establishing himself as this great, maybe like an undercard TV fighter style of guy, there's still going to be demand for him. But it's also going to wash him out, right? And they're going to just keep putting him in wars, and he's going to keep getting in wars until it gets ugly, and they're getting fed to the rooster on a Thursday night, oh, like my God. man JSK. Good lord! Oh, let me stop you there, Rafe. Let me interrupt that thought. Alex Saucedo is ready to join the show. You're going to be talking to the unbeaten junior welterweight title challenger. Let's do this thing. Enjoy. Very pleased to welcome in, you know, Rafe, on this show, we love fighters 
who will bang. We love guys who will go for it. We got one right here. You're going to see him back on ESPN Friday, November 16th. Alex Saucedo, the unbeaten 140-pounder, taking on WBO champion Maurice Hooker in his home city of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Alex, welcome in on the CBS Sports Boxing Podcast. You you caught our eye, to say the least, with that fight of the year candidate against Lenny Z. Holy crap, brother. Congratulations on the win. This Rafe, the guy bangs. What's happening, man? Oh, thank you. Thank you, and... And uh, thank you for having me here. Uh, no, and yeah, very excited for for November 16. It's uh it's an opportunity we've been looking for for a long time. Now it's here. Uh, we prepare ourselves uh, extremely hard in Big Bear, California, and uh, ready to go to Oklahoma City and, and get that belt. So, go go for it, Ray. Sure. Yeah. No, Alex. I was going to ask about you know how's uh, what's what's the scene up at the summit with Abel like these days. You know, it's coming off of the Triple G fight, but he's had you up there. I know Joe Joyce, the heavyweight, is up there training. Uh, you might have seen Tyson Fury around a little bit. What what was the, what are the last couple months in camp like been been like up there with the the, the rest of the fighters? Man, it's great. We have a uh, we have some very uh, young, talented fighters. Uh, every one of them is hungry. Uh, I mean, it, it, we we all push each other. You know, we push each other to be better, and we push each other in the runs and the sparring. Uh, you know, we just try to help each other to be to be better, and you know, get get those titles. You know, what do you get? FaceTime with the great Triple G being in the same camp. <laughs> do you get any any anything you can model off his work ethic? And uh, what's what's that relationship like for you? Yeah, no, of course, man. Triple G's uh he's a great he's he's a great person, great champion, man. He's uh he pushes he pushes us, he talks to us, he tells us about I mean everything it takes to get you know, to get up there. Um it said it took him so many years, uh but yeah, he's a great person. I've spent a couple camps with him before. Uh he wasn't in for this camp but but yeah, we we spent a couple camps before and he, he's a great, great person. Great. And Alex, uh, I wanted to ask, you know, looking ahead to this fight with Maurice Hooker coming up, uh, you know, what do you what do you how, what are you expecting Hooker to bring into this fight? And, and is it going to be a, a huge difference after that, that sort of the war you had with Lenny Zappavina to, to face a guy who may box and move a little bit more and, and may try and be a little more elusive for you? Yeah, no, we'll be ready November 16th for anything that he brings into the ring. Uh, he's he's a. Uh... He's a fighter that has very long reach and good power in both of his hands. Uh, well, we brought in about four sparring partners that that fight a lot similar to him. Um, so you know, we got ready for for ten weeks on on that style. Uh, I've been looking good uh, and just just ready. I mean, ready for anything that that he comes out. If if he, if he comes out to make it a war, we'll make it a war. If he comes out to box, you know, we're gonna go after him and. And try to get him out of there. You know, Hooker got to this spot. It, you know, he was kind of a guy that that people maybe knew the name, that didn't know a lot about, and then he goes out there and beats Terry Flanagan. Was that a surprising result when you saw that one? Uh, no, I mean, I, I think that Flanagan's not the same Flanagan that was at 135. You know, uh, I, I just don't see Flanagan the same. Even before before Hooker fight, he wasn't the same. Uh, I believe he struggled to make way and some other things. 
so I mean, it was a it was a big chance for Hooker to become a you know a champion, and, and he did it good. Great, and uh, I wanted to ask, you know, uh, fighting down, and this this will be, you know, your second fight in a row, fighting in the the Chesapeake Energy Arena down there in OKC, and you know, the the average sports fan knows that as the home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the NBA, and it's known for being one of the most intense places anyone could play on the road as an NBA team. Is it is it like that when you fight there? Does the home crowd come out for you in the same way it, it, it seems to support other sports? Yeah, no, of course, man. They, they, they're starting to, they're starting to, you know, to, they're starting to, uh, to get better because uh, they, they need somebody, they needed a fighter. They needed a fighter. They needed somebody to follow. They haven't had a, a fighter like that since Sean O'Grady. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited, very happy that the people, you know, that I get the support from all the people from Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's been great. My last fight, we had a great turnout, uh, and we're expecting twice this time. Alex, what is it about that area of the country where we saw, you know, not too far in Nebraska where, where Terrence Crawford has made Omaha a home? I mean, it doesn't matter who he fights. That arena is going to be packed. What is it about that area that it's just like, we got a guy in boxing, man. We're gonna follow this guy all the way. We're we're gonna we're gonna bring as much aggression in the crowd and, and enthusiasm as he's willing to show us inside the ring. Yeah, no, they 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 see. I mean, they see when when they have something good because I mean, you know, we have the we have the Sooners, so a lot of people follow the Sooners, and then we have the Thunder basketball, and, and they just love to follow, you know, uh, good sportsmen and people that are doing good. Um, and I, I believe that's what it is, that they see something in someone and, you know, they, they like to support them because it's a small town and and everyone comes out to support. That's great. Um, I wanted to ask, uh, sort of, you know, if you could educate us fans who aren't from Oklahoma who may not know the history of, of boxing in, as well in, in in the state and in Oklahoma City, sort of what what is the scene like there? Uh, how does, you know, it's, it, we think of these places like L.A. and Philadelphia, these, these hotbeds where boxing talent comes from. How do you develop into a world-class fighter in a town where there isn't as mu- much boxing? Uh, you know, you just have to work hard, work hard. Uh, it's mostly my dad. I, I give all the credit to my dad because he, I mean, when I was growing up in the amateurs, he's the one that took me around to fight in L.A., Texas, and Dallas. So people would start knowing my name. And, uh, I mean, at the age of 17, I got a huge opportunity to sign with um, with Top Rank. And they've been my promoter ever since. And, you know, they, they've been pushing my name. And I've been doing my job outside of the ring, too, inside of the ring. Uh, on doing that, but like I said, I'm very happy to get all to be getting all the support from the people from Oklahoma, and uh, I mean they haven't had a champion since Sean O'Grady. That was in 1989, and the last championship fight in Oklahoma City was 1979. So uh, I'm you know I'm bringing it back little by little, and and uh, and I want to bring boxing back to Oklahoma because there's a lot of young kids, a lot of talent that. That need the help, no doubt. And I, and I I was talking about this with Brian before we got you on the phone today. That we were thinking of other fighters that we could remember recently from Oklahoma. We remembered this guy from Friday Night Fights, George uh, Kadua Nippa. Do you do you remember him? Does he Magic still around boy. out there? Uh, yeah, I remember him. I remember him when I was an amateur. Uh, we would go see him fight at the casinos. 
Uh, I haven't seen him fight. I haven't seen him fight anymore. I don't know if he's still around in Oklahoma, if he's still boxing. But yeah, I haven't seen him in a while. But I, I when I was growing up as an amateur, uh, we would go out to the casinos and watch him fight. Oh yeah, Comanche boy could bang. That guy would bring it. He would bring it all the way. All right, I gotta. We gotta get into this Lenny Z fight because June thirtieth, it was on ESPN. For anybody that hadn't followed you on your rise to a 27 and 0 record at that point, this was a great introduction. And Alex, man, you, you had to walk through some hell to get there. You got rocked, but you never broke. How much did you need this type of rough fight on this level to announce not only to everyone else that you're this fun, exciting fighter, but maybe to yourself to know that you could get through something like this? Yeah, no, even even before going into that fight, I, I mean, I knew what I had, you know. I knew I can, I mean, I'm a fighter. I've been a fighter since since I was, I mean, since I remember. Um, but, yeah, that fight, I mean, it, it showed me a lot. And it showed the people what I have. And, you know, I, I go back and, and see the see the video, see the replay. And, and, yeah, on that fourth round, I got a little lazy with the jab and I got caught. But luckily, I was able to survive, and you know, came back on the seventh round and stopped the guy. It's right now. It's 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 set us fight of the year. It's a candidate for fight of the year. So you know, very happy that the people enjoyed it, and uh, we we really put on a show for everyone in Oklahoma and everyone watching. Were you surprised at not surprised maybe, but like what do you remember? How did you react when you just saw how? How much blood was, was, you know, when, when, after you cut Lenny Z in that fight? I mean, that was, that, even for, by boxing standards, where we're used to seeing guys get cut, that was a lot. I mean, were you thinking about that during the fight, or just, just, you just think about the fight? No, I mean, I, I was just thinking on, on getting him out of there, because I, yeah. I, like, like you said, I've seen a lot of blood. I've seen both of his eyes. Uh, he had cuts in both of his eyes. Both of his eyes were swelling up. So I was just focused on, on stopping him because I knew that they could stop at any minute. Uh, and on that fourth round, he, he came back to, you know, he gave it his all. He was like, it was a, it was a round where he was like, either I go all out or they're going to stop this. But he went all out. He caught me with one shot. But yeah, it was a bloody fight, a bloody fight. And, uh, I was just trying to get the guy out of there. You know, when you're in the middle of, of one of those fights, Alex, where people on TV, people in the crowd are just going sick, is that fun? Is that is that something that you sort of, you know, get a rush off of as a fighter? Or is it a little more serious than that? Is it really life and death where you're like, I don't want the fight to be like this. I got to get this guy out of here. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I, I don't like to see myself cut, you know, bleeding. So I just try to get the guy out of there. I mean, I have family in the crowd watching, so it's kind of hard on you know. It's kind of hard, but but it's, it's part of what we do, you know. That's why we're in it for. Now you're getting comparisons from that performance to the legendary Hall of Famer, the Warrior Arturo Gatti. I, I almost wonder if there's blessing and a curse in that, where you love having your name in the same sentence, but now. Look, are people going to just say, well, anytime Alex Saucedo's going to fight, it's got to be a war, when maybe some fights it'll be strategically in your favor not to make it a war. How do you deal with that comparison at this point in your career? No, I mean, I just I just do my job. I do my job. I train hard, and we'll see how the fight comes out. You know, I, like I always tell everyone, I always go out and give it my all inside of the ring. If it comes down to that, then, you know, I'm a fighter, and I'm not going to back up from 
I'm not going to back up from anything. But, but again, you know, you have to be smart in there and, and just try to get the guy out of there however however is possible. Yeah, and Alex, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the overall picture in the junior welterweight division there. Uh, you know, you've got a lot of great things, exciting fighters going on uh, with, with top rank and ESPN Plus between yourself and Jose Ramirez up in Fresno. And uh, and then on the other side, you've got the, uh, the the tournament, the World Boxing Super Series right now, which is which is pretty hot as well. What do you – well, let, let me let me ask you. So they're down they're down to the final four in that tournament. Who is your favorite? Do you do you think it's going to be uh, like Progray or Taylor or you like Baranchik? What, what do you think of those guys in the tournament? I don't know. Every one of them is, is, I mean, to get to that point, it's hard. Every one of them is tough, but, um, I mean, my favorite one on the, on the tournament will be Progress probably. Uh, I see him winning the whole thing and, um, hopefully everything goes good on, uh, November 16, you know, get that title. Maybe I can unify with Ramirez and, and fight the winner of the tournament. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what goes on. You know, we'll see what happens. But right now, I'm just focused on Maurice Hooker. Alex, you share this. Is it correct? You share the same management team as Regis Progress? Yeah, yeah, we do. We do. We have the same same management team. Would that ever get in the way of a fight between the two of you, or is that, or would that help it? Uh, I don't think it would get on the way. I don't think it would get on the way. Uh, I mean, if we both want to fight, it, you know, it's gonna happen. Uh, but, you know, I just let's just let's just wait. You know, like I said, I got Maurice Hooker next, and he has a couple fights next, so we'll see what happens. But it shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, you meant he meant Brian mentions that that management team. That management team is run by the Hollywood director Peter Berg and and Mark Wahlberg, the act, Marky Mark, the the, the actor slash hip hop star from the 1980s. Uh oh, here comes some sound. Not you, not you. Uh, yeah, yeah, no man, it's 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 an honor to work with people like that. Uh, you know, they 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 it's their best interest for us to do good. Um, and it's great to work with people like that. You know, it's it, been it's been a good journey for the past two years. No doubt. And did do you have any good uh, Mark Wahlberg stories? Uh, Regis Progre once, when we were talking to him, told us about one time he sparred with Mark with Mark Wahlberg's chef and taught, had taught him a quick lesson in the ring. And he, get, 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 bring us behind the scenes with these Hollywood guys. Uh, no, I just, I mean, the the funnest thing I've done is I, I directed I directed him for for one of the AT and T commercials. Uh, Peter Berg was directing, and he put me to work in there a little bit. Nice. I was a little nervous, but it was it was fun. It was fun. Hey, when when Mark Wahlberg makes another boxing movie, and he need you know he needs a he needs a young actor. I think he knows who to call right here. All right, get 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 the big sauce. Give me El Cholo. Give me Saucito. The sauce is the boss, and we will find that out again November sixteenth when you take on Maurice Hooker, ESPN, OKC. WBO title at 140 pounds. Alex, great getting to know you. I'm sure the listeners who have already seen you in the ring can't wait to see you again, man. Best of luck. Hey, go out there and bang. Get that done. Bring that belt back. Yes, sir. That's that's, that's what we're going to do November 16. And, uh, you know, I want to appreciate everyone for all the support I've been having. And, and November 16, you guys will hear the, the news. There it is. There it is. All right, man. Great talking to you. Best of luck. See you, man. Thank you.
All right, to close on this uh, Burchelt stuff. So he's the best of these fun brawlers, but at 130 with a title, what's it look like if he gets in there with uh, Gervonta, with the tank, with Mr. Davis? Is this a leap too large? Is this Are there levels to this game, or are we believing in Miguel Burchelt as a true player and not just a guy with big balls? Oh, I think I think he's definitely shown enough to warrant being in the conversation for for near for at the top of 130 pounds. I mean, Tank Davis lo- looks like the most talented fighter in that division, but especially with all of his problems promotionally with Floyd going back and forth, the weird rumors and drama, the 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 fact that when he shows up at fights, he looks overweight, not overweight by human standards but by boxer standards uh, all of this i mean so i wouldn't be surprised if davis went into that fight or a hypothetical burchelt fight as a as a slight favorite but i i, I that would be one where i would probably be look, looking to lay some money on the underdog because that's a guy who i know is coming to fight and hurt someone with a with a pretty full toolkit it ain't the roy to- roy jones jr toolkit uh, by any means, but it is, it's a good, he's got tools, man, and he's, and he's nasty. I, I like him a lot. He's, he's a, he's a, like a classic versatile boxer puncher in a way. He's maybe, maybe a little raw boxing wise. He gets hit, but geez, man, the guy, I, I, we, we also haven't, he's been in fights with tough guys who, who have hit him, and we haven't seen Burchelt in trouble, have we? I don't think so. I mean, like, but what scares me is all the guys he's fought. No panache, no flair, no show, waste the money. Well, except for the money part. But yeah, you know what I'm saying. But anyway, all right. I, look, I want to see it. I want to see it going forward. It's What's just fun fighters. Davis, uh, Tevin Farmer. There's a lot of guys to mess around with up there. Do you think though, uh, okay, Roman is washed, but he's fun and I like washed fun guys are great. But did he actually lose his soul in that? It took a piece of his soul. Do you believe that? Uh, I, I think you always got to wait and see. You get it, wait, wait. If he fights again, then we will see. He's been in other tough fights before. Uh, he, 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 he survived and beat Orlando Salido. Not the best version of Salido, right. but he, this, I, 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 I don't think Mickey Roman would have been at the point, gotten to the point he got to, to, to get that fight against Burchell if he couldn't bounce back through some really rough fights because we've seen him in them before all right we got to roll on here uh mikey garcia officially vacates his belt at 135 that was the ibf title he's not going to fight richard kami he is ready to set up for that errol spence fight that P- pbc has leaked will be a pay-per-view probably march april-ish of 2019 wow he is he's gonna dare to be great we talked about the motives whether it's smart in the past but pay-per-view is this thing gonna die what are they doing do they have to do pay-per-view to compete with DAZN now? I don't know. It's going to be interesting what happens to the pay-per-view model now when when some of the biggest players are, are almost walking away from it. Who, What kind of numbers will show up for the these second-tier pay-per-view fights with guys who don't even do great numbers on on cable necessarily. Uh, I know, of course, Errol Spence fought after Team USA in 2016 and, uh, and got a great rating on NBC for that. But without, without stuff like that, I don't know what, if he's gonna be a big enough draw for a big pay-per-view card. I don't know. Hey, we don't even know how good your guy Tyson Fury is gonna do in the numbers against Deontay Wilder in a month. So it's up in the air. It's weird. It's, it's an interesting, 
It's an interesting narrative for the boxing business. Bang. See you later. Left, right, good night. Um, and also in recent news, Rafe, Danny Jacobs took a fun decision from the technician, Sergei Derevchenko, on HBO from uh, the damn Garden Theater. I was wrong. I thought that was on Long Island, but it was the Garden Theater. Turned out to be a fun fight. It's big because now Jacobs, a free agent, probably going to resign with Eddie Hearn, probably going to go into zone. Might just F around and get a triple-double and secure Canelo for the fall. And you know what he said about Canelo. I stopped Canelo. I knocked Canelo out. Wow. Wow, Rafe. Wow. I mean, that, you know, when I hear that, I just, it's, I get all kind of... Danny Jacobs, you're the boy. <laughs> like, you put it on him. Uh, were you impressed by Jacobs enough? I actually came out of that fight more impressed by Derevchenko. I thought he went to a higher level than I thought he could have. I was not unimpressed with Jacobs. Where did you stand? So it, it was a Danny Jacobs fight to me where he's very good. You can see it. It's clear. And I think he won pretty clearly. I know Julie Letterman gave it to Derevianchenko and a few other folks in the media felt it was close enough that that made sense. But no, to me, I thought it was a clear enough Jacobs win. But I... You know, he's also frustrating to watch. He's not very active. He I, he could he he you know, he he spent a lot of time on the ropes on defense in that fight uh sort of and he was effective fighting off the ropes, but could he have been more effective doing something else? We don't know. It's 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 a, like, it's a it's like kind of positive, but like what's this? something else you mean like boxing or like a, like being a plasterer for the local council? You're talking to get out of the sport altogether? No, boxing, like, like, act, like, move, like, using, take, trying to take the center of the ring, maybe backing Derevianchenko up a little bit, using his size, you, or, or just not, I, he just, I think he gave Derevianchenko chances in that fight, and, and, and even, and even, say, the Suletsky fight, where he was in control the whole time, Jacobs never quite shows everything that he's got, you know, unless he's against a jobber, and, Canelo ain't no jobber, and and I know you like to get excited because he let he said he was going to stop Canelo, but how's a guy who doesn't throw punches going to stop Canelo? I mean, we just saw point. Canelo go twenty four rounds with Triple G. You're like, if you're not going to stop Suletsky or Derevchenko, how are you going to do this? Rip that suit off, <laughs> show everyone your S. <laughs> I mean, how? I mean, we you know, you may do that outside the ring though. He may, he may, he may do that, you know. But we want to see him take souls, right? He took his nuts. I love that guy, whoever that guy is. Take his whole soul away. Take his whole soul away. Uh, he's gonna get that Canelo fight. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Okay, he's gonna get it, cause he's in the zone, he's with, he's gonna be with Eddie again, most likely. But I don't know how soft they're gonna match Canelo. Like, do, to get their money back, do they have to go, do they have these conversations with Saul and say, brother, you gotta go right into the deep end. We gotta go right after Jacobs, we gotta get the third Gennady fight at the end of this year. We gotta make these millions matter. See, I think that a Jacobs fight would be a, 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 a serious test, a difficult fight for Canelo. But looking at how Jacobs fights, I think it's in, while it's the kind of fight where I know that I might end up scoring it for Jacobs, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win on the scorecards for Canelo. Just looking at his scorecard history, like he ain't getting outworked probably. This is one guy who is not necessarily that likely to outwork Canelo. So, hey, if Canelo shows up, doesn't get knocked down or knocked out, which he doesn't seem very likely to do at this point, and lands some great, beautiful, Shots each round, which is something he tends to do in every fight. 
boom, he wins. They're giving that to him. They're having that fight in Vegas, right? They ain't having that fight in in the Garden, or even though Canelo is fighting there when he <laughs> when when he when he sees Rocky Fielding in December. Uh, that's a Vegas fight, and it just it's just one of those things where I don't. Or, or it's a Jerry World fight, whatever it is. It's on Canelo. It's where Canelo wants it to be, and where the judges are probably gonna see things his way a little bit. I love me some Saul Canelo Alvarez. Hey, Rafe, uh, Twitter wars have heated up in Britain because uh, your guy, the, the chocolate brownie. No, that was a really bad image. Can you say it the right way, please? Uh, are you talking about Kel Brook? Who's yes. feeding little chocolate brownies? I like little chocolate brownie. Yeah. He's going to be back December 8th in the zone against former stri- former stripper Michael Zarafa. So just a little quick history. Last seen hoisting Jeff Horn in the ring in Las Vegas. <laughs> you may remember when uh, Peter Quillen took his soul, took his whole soul in uh, December 2015. I think that fight was at Foxwoods in Connecticut. I know Eric Raskin was ringside for PBC, probably scoring the fight. And uh, Zarafa, though, to give him credit, the, the Australian has reinvented himself, went down in weight, now is a player at 54 in the European scene and the domestic level, if you will. He's going to fight Kel Brook, but the story here is it's not going to be Amir Khan. And Amir Khan came out with a tweet that said, Kel Brook avoids me, talks about wanting to fight me, then goes and fights a stripper. What a mismatch. Not only that, he's been hanging out with him naked on a beach. And he posts a photo of Zarafa wearing the Chippendales bow tie, which got us all ripping Quillen's opponent originally. And then a photo of two other males nude from behind. And uh, then Kel Brook came back with, listen, you soft twat. You should use them picks as inspiration. By the looks of it, you might be needing that towel again on them scales. Avoiding you? Think someone needs to start avoiding them. No chocolate brownies. And stop avoiding leg day. And he posted the picture that Khan had just posted in Dubai of being a little bit, a little bit fat. Not really fat, a little fat. I mean, Khan gets big before fights. We know this. Uh, what are you, what are you going to do with this? It was funny. I mean, Brooks' response was pretty hilarious. But uh, what are we going to do here? Are we going to these guys going to fight? Does it matter? It's funny, I, but these guys, uh, the only thing that is saving or making Kell Brook look good in this situation is that his antagonist is Amir Khan, like the most full of crap person in boxing, which is a, a very difficult title to, to achieve. But I, Khan is just bad at this sort of self-promoting, this talking himself up, trying to talk himself into Floyd and Manny fights, and I'm, I'm give trouble to this and that. My man, you, you're going life and death with Samuel Vargas. Like, <laughs> just, just, just make some fights, see what happens. I don't, he's not, I just don't want to hear it from him anymore. I can't take it anymore, Brian. He's got to protect his own bed because, Anthony Joshua. It's kind of been uh, potentially uh, tiptoeing inside of there, Rafe. I mean. Did you see, Brian? Perhaps in in response to this little back and forth, someone unearthed the old Mayweather Boxing Club video of Jeff Mayweather going around the gym asking everyone to watch watch Amir Khan's um, (sighs) pressuring video. He goes to Floyd Sr. He's like. Hey, you want to see Amir Khan, Jack O, and and he's like, yeah, I want to see it. This is the best. This is the best. <laughs> they did. They asked John Fury if he wanted to see it at the end. And he was like, I'll never fuck. I'll Jack. I'll be there till I can't breathe. Oh wow. <laughs> 
I'm X-rated, and he ain't. Uh, well, apparently Khan is on that. A uh, final bit of news this week before we get into a very detailed, very thick Do You Care weekend preview. Um, our friend, he's, he's back. Hey, guys. Really proud of my brother. Hey, guys. Being here in Hello, Kanastata. It's a great celebration right here. Hello, Kenestota. Hello, Kenestota. I, I want to congratulate my brother. Uh, he was on this new Fox Sports, like Roy Firestone interview show with Christine Leahy. You know her? Former Colin yeah, Coward yeah, sidekick. Sounds familiar. She does Ninja Warrior. I don't know the name of the show in front of me. I might be ruining, I might be butchering this whole reference, but he was on there. Did you see this interview, Rafe? No, 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 lay it on me. What's going on? Well, I, I, I actually is back into the mix. I, in case you didn't see it, I sent it to you uh, on a USB stick, but I just I did wanted to warn you. Do not ask me <laughs> after the fight what is on the stick. Um, he says his stick still got it. Essentially, he told Leahy that he's still really good, and he has visions of coming back in three years to break the George Foreman record of being the oldest man to win the heavyweight championship. Quote, if I get to 45 and I've still got it, if I have the spark in my stomach, then I would think this could be the extraordinary moment. End quote. He only wants to fight in a fight that truly matters. Rafe, he really believes he's going to do this. You think Vlad, turning 42, still looked like he had a lot of fight. Maybe the most fight we'd ever seen in his career when he got stopped by AJ in 2017. Could he come back and or we have to wait till the Sultan Ibrahimov era comes around again like what's I mean you know me and AJ had a very special moment in this ring at Wembley Stadium and I love Wembley Stadium um he yeah I mean look that is that does he need to do it no is it possible with four belts flying around of course it's possible you never I mean it's he 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 doesn't need to put a date on it even just wait until the belts get broken up for some reason or another either maybe just because mandatory someone gets stripped of one and then you get a prince charles martin versus czar glaskov situation uh, <laughs> there the, the the belt there will be a belt out there in three years that that there's a good chance vladimir klitschko could win will that mean a whole lot probably not it depends on who actually he fought but he could he get a belt? Yeah, I mean a lot of people could get belts. Wow, wow. Uh, I you know the only fight I really want to see him against. I'm serious about this. Tyson Fury. That mm. I want to see if Vlad empties the chamber and goes for it. I want to see the build up to that fight. I want to hear all over again about whether that sauna experience actually existed. I want to see the sauna rematch. I want to see That's them. Sa- I want to see them in the sauna together, just talking it out and, and see who lasts longer. Maybe taking it out. We both know it did exist. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, seriously. You, you can say you don't know what I'm talking about, but, but I'm seriously I know, saying it. And you know it did exist. No, I don't know. Wow. It did, I mean, it did exist, Rafe. Something on that. Oh, Eddie, come on. You ain't doing it, so come be on. quiet. On. Either want to watch it or you don't want to watch it. That's what you should say. I want to watch it, Eddie. I want to watch it. Uh, Rafe, yeah, let's... Suck my nuts. But yeah, I mean, come on, seriously. I'm not very keen on sucking Tyson Fury's nuts. Oh, this is becoming a pattern, Rafe. This is really going the wrong down the wrong road. Um, Weekend preview time. Do you care? Yes, you care about Thursday night. Indio, California. I do admit to our fans, because they, they, there's expectations with our show, Rafe, right? 
I tried to get the rooster, but I tried really late in the process, really late in the game. We had some issues outside of uh, boxing this week, uh, uh, just in technical issues, and uh, we didn't get it done. I didn't get it done. I didn't get Nico Macias. I'm sorry, fans. All right, I got you. The, the the sauce was the boss. I got you some saucito. But Nico Macias in the first fight of his Golden Boy deal, ten rounds, junior middleweights, ESPN two main event, Indio, California, your backyard. You better be there against the husk of JSK, Jesus Soto Calas. Wow, Rafe. This almost feels deep end. Like, I know JSK's washed, but I don't think Nico's a world beater. I think he's an American folk hero. But this is an incredible fight to start off his deal, Rafe. This is TV fighting 101. This is great matchmaking. Will you be there? I will be there. Yes. I, am, I, I, I would not miss this for the world. I'm, oh my, I cannot wait to see the rooster. Come out there, square up, and start getting to work. 200 punches per round. What is left of JSK after his Yoshihiro Kamagai fights? Is is Nico just going to run through all of the washed 154 guys? Yes. Is he going to get to fight Kamagai next? Does he get to get a blown-up Robert Guerrero after that? Wow. Tell me. Give it all to me. So just, just so you know, JSK is 36, but in, in Mexican journeyman terms, that's old and washed. He's 28 13 and 4. He is riding officially a three fight losing streak, but he hasn't won in his last six fights overall. He's 0 5 and 1. The draw coming against Kamagai. He hasn't won since stopping Andre Berto back in like uh, the Obama. And you know what? Nico's going to tell him right at the beginning. He has lost. So I'll give you that run. He got stopped by Thurman. We saw a fun fight. Got it, lost a decision to Alexander, had the two fights with Cam Magai, lost a majority decision to Mauricio Herrera in a decent fight, and then got stopped by Juan Carlos Abreu. So, Rafe, um, this is gonna be interesting. I, Nico doesn't have the power to stop him, correct? Nico's a, Nico's a slap happy dude. We love the guy, but he's a, he's gotta throw 4,000 punches around to stay in it, right? Well, he, it seems that way. I, he certainly did, but, but at the same time, he got that Marvin Cabrera guy out of there. Like, at, at so, if you're, if, if he, if he's just in there working and you start to get tire, then I could see that sort of stoppage happening. I don't think he's going to land like some beautiful, perfect power punch that, that puts JSK down. But could I see him just wearing him down and, and JSK saying, you know what? This is, I do not need this in my life anymore. Goodbye. Like, I could see something like that happening. I mean, we, let's, let's slow down also and say, we could also see our guy Nico get totally exposed by a, a very seasoned professional who we think is probably way too far shot in JSK, his case, but you never know. And, there's 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 some potential there for an exposure. Um, I hope I sure hope not. If not, I, I want I want this this magical mystery ride to keep going. <laughs> I tell you, man. What's his hometown again? Tehachapi, baby, Tehachapi. Wow, Tehachapi. Wow. Uh, we know a lot of things about Nico. We've already established he protects women. Leave me the hell alone tonight. Please leave her alone. Guy will bang beers. I, the question now is how many beers. Will Nico and his brothers and his father and maybe his sister have tonight in celebration? I don't He'll bang brothers. Him and his brother used to bang it out all the time. Now you. 
I mean, he'll wear a, a, a double rat tail, Rafe. This guy is everything we need. Man, I hope he doesn't get his soul taken on, on opening night. Uh, grand opening, grand closing there. This will be really, really fun to watch. Uh, prediction time, Rafe. Get, get it. Get it. I'm going, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta live the dream here. Macias by eighth round stoppage. Wow. I say this one goes the distance and it's one of those kind of give the decision and a close fight to the young guy, even though that crafty veteran had a right to probably win it. That is quite possible. But it's going to be very, very fun. Uh, could you guess any famous people from Tehachapi? Does that happen? Do they have that? Is he the most famous person from this this land? He's the most famous to me. Uh, you, you might be able to find something if you Googled it. Well, luckily, I am, I'm right on it. Um, I, I, from what I can tell, I think he actually is the most famous person from this this uh, this area. All right. We're going to have to see it play out. Do you care about the co-main event, Rafe? Uh, Manny Robles the third versus Jose Gonzalez, featherweights. You sometimes know more about boxing than I do. And by sometimes, I mean all the time. In this case, I don't know much more, uh, and I don't care that much. You know, the Golden Boy puts on these pretty good co-mains, though. I'm, I'm, I, I think, especially for an ESPN thing, they want a nice lead-in for the rooster. I'm going to go ahead and say I care. I care about everything that the rooster touches. Wow. Uh, Friday from Inglewood, California. Also, Rafe, your kind of your extended backyard, Inglewood, up to no good on Epics. It's the contender final, middleweights, 10 rounds. Shane Mosley Jr. versus former Boxino guy, Brandon the Cannon Adams. Shane Mosley Jr. gave us that during this season. I have not watched the season because I do not get epics. That's an epic fail right there. Uh I like this matchup, though. I do care about this matchup and the fact that it's tied to the contender I don't, if I get a stream, I want to watch this crap. You in on this? You care? No, sir. Leave me the hell out of it, man. Wow. How did, how did, what's his name? That Ukrainian jobber who everybody hyped up and isn't actually that good. Dmitry Kirchov lose in this tournament. I we thought he was Raskin the guy. On. Raskin's living and dying with this tournament right now. Yeah, well, next week we'll, we'll have him give us the full breakdown. All right. The full you, Raskin. You, you picking Paws Posley Jr. or what? I don't, I don't know, man. I haven't seen these guys fight in years. I don't even know why they're doing this. I don't know. I'm man. glad, I'm glad Freddie Roach and Andre Ward get an extra paycheck out of it because they don't get work anywhere else. All right. Let's get into what we actually, <laughs> that, that was, that was, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, all right. It's Saturday. It goes down in Manchester, England, Rafe. Wow. I believe the, uh, I believe it's a 5 p.m. Eastern main event start. I'll tell you what, the card Sounds starts right. The card starts at 1 p.m. Eastern, the undercard. Why do I know that? Because your boy BC on the call, getting into zone. Alexander Usyk bringing all four cruiserweight belts for the first time in history against rugged, lovable, grimy veteran Tony Bellew. Sound bites have been a plenty. This is a great classic boxer versus crazy puncher rivalry oh my god this is perfect Rafe the fight matters the, even though this is at cruiserweight this could really be Usyk's launching pad into heavyweight because Bellew's coming down in weight love 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 Rafe how large is your feel at the moment I'm very feel you're very feel I'm very feel I mean what, what do you got for me Rafe fired up 
I am very, very, very feel, Brian. So feel. This might be the thing that finally breaks us up, man. That, that, oh. that you are calling this fight. The the envy, the jealousy is so strong uh-huh. right now that you are going not if you are going if you're going to be there in Manchester, I might jump out a window. But uh, just just to be a part of that moment, I, I mean, I'm I'm also looking forward to your call. Like that's gonna make it even cooler to be like, oh man, BC is calling the Usyk fight. Oh, Man, double kebab it, baby. Um, it's yeah, yeah, hell yes, man. Look, I don't know if this fight is going to play out like some sort of all-time classic, but what's great about Tony Bellew, he always makes you at least think, believe it's possible. He's got this miracle man thing going. He's got his own version of whatever that junk you called it with Conor McGregor, the McGregor mystique, the, the, the something, the what? Magic, brother. He's got magic. He does. He's got that magic. He, he, he goes in and he, his self, the way he, his belief, it, it's infectious and it's fun. It makes you think, man, maybe he has, maybe he can uncork something. I don't think that's actually true, but man, he does enough. He makes you believe. He does. He makes you want to believe. 35 year old has really found, you know, not just the, the biggest financial section of his career late. You know, he's becoming a, a giant headliner, but he's really found himself late in his career to, to figure out how to be at his best 32 and one is his record 35 years old the liverpool native of course we all remember him getting his soul taken by adonis stevenson back in 2013 for a lot of us i mean i watched the two chilemba fights before that but for a lot of us this was the introduction unless you had saw his first fight with nathan cleverly where he lost a close decision in liverpool but to come back from that adonis fight which essentially changed his career he was so devastated and to work his way back up against jobbers and then rafe i think you'll remember that 2014 rematch with nathan cleverly Split decision win for Bellew. That was fun as balls, right? Yeah, well, that was when Cleverly came back and was just like, I am going to bang until I'm gone, and, and Badu Jack sent him to hell. And then it was, you know, I mean, beat Masternak, that guy who was who was in the uh, cruiserweight thing, grabbed a belt at cruiserweight. I mean, granted, he took it by uh, beating your guy Makabu and then stopping. Hey, he, he was a huge underdog. I, people thought Ilunga Makabu Jr. was going to send Bellew to hell. And... And it started with Tony, with Bellu getting knocked on his ass in the first round. Yes. And then he came back and slept him on the ropes. It was crazy he stuff. Fu- he found power at heavyweight in ways he didn't necessarily have in the other weight classes. Stop, wash BJ Flores, Raskin's boy. And then the two fights with David Hay, which both fights I thought he was going to lose. And he came out there like a badass. So he's trending upward. Certainly. He's the not the betting favorite, and he's come out himself and, and essentially said, "Look, I'm not as good as Usyk, but the best, the better fighter doesn't always win." So if you're in the Bellu camp, Rafe, you got to be of the hope that maybe Usyk doesn't know how good he is yet. Like maybe like Usyk's only going to get to like otherworldly artist levels, you know, in the next few fights, and maybe this is the one chance Bellu can break his back, take his soul. But the problem with that theory is not only is Usyk one of the best pound for pound guys in the world through 15 fights. But he kind of already had that test against Myris Bradis, and he passed it with flying colors and a majority decision. Hell of a fun fight, Rafe. You're an Usyk guy to the to the gills to die. What do you What are you thinking here? What are you thinking? Can this be a competitive fight? Is Bellu the only guy that can make it? Can you crack Usyk's brain? I don't know. I don't think so. 
it's been they've been do they've been both doing the mind games on each other in pretty fun fashion. They, but they every time they have a stare down, it lasts for about three minutes, and they until people come in and basically like drag them apart. They are really committing to this, and I, I, I it's something where I think Belly was taking it seriously, and Usyk is sort of just having fun with it because he knows that Belly was taking it seriously, but it still. By playing along, that means Usyk is, is taking it a little bit seriously because he doesn't want to be the first to turn away. There is the the, the mind games are great. Uh, I, I and I should uh, let me clarify one thing because because I do have to own up. I was not always a double. I didn't always hold two kebabs in and a, and a Ukrainian flag in one hand. I didn't always have an Usyk team hoodie that I now wear every day to bed uh, with wow. nothing else. Uh, but the, the, but this happened. And at the beginning of of the first season of the WBSS Cruiserweight Tournament, I I thought that Usyk was going to get upset. I thought that it would be uh, Gassiev or Briedis, maybe Dortikos, who came out of that oh, tournament really? because because I wasn't conv I I. I it was we hadn't seen Usyk against really good competition yet. He'd been beating sort of like Tabisu Mchunu and uh, other guys on on HBO that were and because he didn't have the power of the other guys and it took him a little longer to to figure figure them out. And Mchunu was tricky, uh, but he didn't seem as as spectacular as some of these other guys. And and I started to convince myself, hey, mate, you know what? Maybe this guy, if he doesn't have the power to keep a Dordikos or a or a Gassiev off of him, maybe maybe he's not going to beat these guys. But what we learned very quickly, first against Glowatsky when he won the title, and then throughout the WBSS, Usyk has the entire package. He's got, he's got, Prince Nassim would say, he's got a full package, right? Where on boxing are you gonna get that kind of package, Rafe? Where are you gonna get not one kebab, but two? Double kebab. Maybe two kebab. I prefer a double kebab, but if it's not possible to get a double <laughs> one, I'll eat two. Where, where can you get a package like that in boxing, Rafe? You look. He's 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 unique. There is not another fighter at his size and weight who does the kind of things, who has the stamina he has, who moves like he does, who does Lomachenko-like moves, and that is because they both studied under the tutelage of you know of Pop, Anatoly Papachenko. They were both there. Side by side, doing the same thing. This is like this is like Dirk Nowitzki training to shoot as a seven-footer. This is the revolutionary type stuff, yes, man. Yes. Or I'm sure the historians would be like, actually, all of the good heavyweights from 30 years ago could do this. But you know what? We ain't there now. And this guy does stuff nobody else does, man. man and it's, it's amazing fight, right? the way he works. He, 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 uh, he, there's symphonies, man. He's going to turn me into Bill Walton. Symphonies on the canvas. <laughs> it's like I would like a 12-inch of him. Throw it down, big man. <laughs> Let me get some of that, uh, oh, Wackerwood. What was that, that quote I had somewhere on this board? Oh, wow. Great moments in not knowing your own soundboard's history there, Rafe. Um, great stuff. Here's why this fight is awesome. Because I mentioned this could be the launching point to Usyk going to heavyweight. And already Anthony Josh has come out and said, I'm going with Bellew. I gotta go with Bellew. I gotta be biased in the sense. But this is that type of in his first fight with Matchroom, Usyk getting a real showcase giant fight at the Manchester Arena. Rafe, if he comes out and does, we see. What I'm saying is, we've seen fights like this before. 
and then the guy who's better skilled just goes to the roof and shows you he's way better than that other guy, right? Maybe not the same comparison, but remember Winky Wright and Trinidad were like, oh, this could be interesting. And then you're like, oh, my God, he's way better. If it's like that, then you're like, let's get Usyk ready for heavyweight. You know what I mean? We had a historic moment. You defended all four titles. You're coming off the Cruiserweight Classic. You're ready for the big time. Or it could be a one of those weird, crazy trap fights because Bellew is that tough. You know what I mean? You can see him getting a sneaky knockdown or see him somehow staying in the fight by being dirty, by being, you know, wily. I mean, this, the, the Cinderella story of Bellew becoming a top draw and a major player in three divisions, it might not be over. Like, this could be really fun. Of course, in the end, you gotta pick Usyk by decision. You have to, Rafe. You have to. Absolutely. But yeah, at the I, very I, least, I, you'd love it to be competitive, right? You'd love it to be close and difficult, and you'd have to really work for it. But then you'd have to believe that Bellew is that much better than Myris Bratis or Morat Gassiev. I don't know if I'd I believe that. I definitely don't believe that. And, and, and Bellew talks about how his left hook is, is an equalizer in this fight. And he's, of course, let's see, he, he knocked, he landed that left hook, knocked out Junior Makabu, landed, landed, landed a lot of good shots that knocked out David Hay. Uh, but, you know, Usyk has already been in a very, very physical, tough fight with Briatis, and Briatis one-shot KO'd Manuel Char at heavyweight. This was one of the bigger punchers in the cruiserweight division before he lost to Usyk. He still is. It just we we you know he, he, that's not now he's the guy who lost to Usyk and no longer one of the biggest punchers in the division. Who's the next biggest puncher? Dordikos Gassiev. Well, he beat Gassiev, the guy who beat Dordikos in a walk, yeah. just a total whitewash. And I don't know that. I think Belu maybe he certainly i think has more technical classical boxing acumen than say Morat Gassiev who's a very young fighter and and didn't have a big amateur career but i don't think Bellew is going to outbox Usyk it's just crazy it, it ain't going to happen i don't know i don't know that he moves as well as, as even some of those other guys did at cruiserweight no. and and Bellew's Bellew's resume this Cinderella run has been so much fun and he's done an amazing job selling it but when you break it down what's really there it's uh, a lot of empty calories you have David Hay with a blown out leg David, David Hay with I don't know what was wrong with him the second time but he was just no longer the old fighter he was Ilunga Makabu who uh, seemed dangerous but Hadn't fought a lot of great fighters himself, and and the whatever remains of BJ Flores, get get out of here. These these are not. This is not a resume like Glowatsky and then Marco Hook and then <clears throat> Myris Briedis from Latvia and wow. then and then Murat Gassiev in Russia. In what he went into the into the den and just. Took his whole soul with a, just had him demoralized. Abel Sanchez was, was ready to, to take a cyanide pill watching that fight. It was it, that, and he could do that. I think he will do that. As much as I like Tony Bellew, I believe in his self-belief. This is a level situation, man. And Usyk is going to outclass Tony Bellew. <laughs> You're feeling it. That's right. Watch yourself. Wow. Wow. Let me get, let me get some of that wood. Give me some of that hard wood I'll whack you with. Uh, look, one thing Bellew does is he tries to get in your head and he gives you great sound bites. Here is him talking about what he plans to do with Ann Wolf's team to Usyk. <laughs> I just want this to be a hard one. I mean, I need a war. I shouldn't say that as a fighter. There's no fighter wishes to have himself, but I need a war. I want the fight beaten out of me. 
But because I'm going to beat it out of him. I'm going to break his heart. I'm going to take his soul. Just believe me when I say it. I know. I know what I can do. I'm going to drag him to depths that he never thought was possible. Wow. And, and he's going to find out. He's, he's, he's going to find out. He really, really is going to find out what I'm about. Wow, wow. That's, I mean, that's straight up. No fooling around. That's exactly like, that's He's gonna come for that soul, Rafe. If, man, take know. his whole soul, yeah. Teddy. Teddy. Ted, Ted. What's his name? Tony. Teddy. Teddy's gonna take somebody's soul. Uh, so look, the best case for Bellu is exactly what he said. He's a dangerous opponent to face when you know he's gonna take a beating. Usyk, not a giant puncher, so he could, Rafe, in theory. I don't want to do a Chavez Martinez comparison, but there is that potential that Bellu hangs around, takes a beating with jabs and short hooks, but tries to position himself for one shot. Yeah, I guess yeah, that's, that's your fun because Usyk's going to claim a wide decision here, Rafe. That's that's what I'm saying. I think the it's just having to move as much as Usyk does, and he's not just moving; he's also hitting you with something while he's moving. That you see the way that tires out 200 pound guys. He's got an engine that these other guys don't have, and I think we're going to see it again in this one. I'm going to see it again at heavyweight when he yes. goes there. He's taking souls, taking numbers, taking souls, leaving a string of kebabs behind. 1 p.m. Eastern on Saturday in the zone. Get in it. BC will be there on the call with Dave Bontempo, the the, the veteran. Uh, Rafe, the co-main, do you care? Anthony Corolla versus Daoud Jordan. It's a WBA lightweight title eliminator. I, I mean, Anthony Crowley is fun. I also get a kick out of Daoud Yordan finally coming back to another place other than Indonesia. After all, he got beat up so bad on HBO one time, yes. I could not. But I was just one of the like, oh man, this poor guy. This poor. Uh... I have a fight uh, with a, a Thailand guy. Who poor... is an Indonesia guy? Oh, how dare me. How dare me, Rafe. Uh, let me look you up. All right, Rafe. Do you, uh, this card's pretty good, by the way. Josh Kelly, good-looking welterweight facing Walter Castillo. Come on. You, you, play it for me, man. You know who he, you know he be, who he, who he beats up on. Josh Kelly, the man who once faced the plasterer from the local council. And the plasterer for the local council. Uh, Josh Kelly is, is, is a fun dude. I'm, I'm in, I'm woke on him now. I'm in. All right. Yeah. It's, he's fun. He's going to be fighting a plasterer from Argentina. It is oh, some guy who they – No, this is, a, this is definitely a stay-busy fight. He has a bigger date in December. He may have a future career as a model too. Or Kurt, why not Why not both? Jorge Linares. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. 7-0, and 5 KOs, the 24-year-old. And also on this card, uh, Ricky Burns. Rick Sterko is back. 10-round lightweight bout against Scott Cardle. Do you care? I care because you have an amazing streak of bringing up Rick Sterko jokes when you do these DAZN cards, and you're going to be able to continue it now because the man himself, Rick Sterko, is there. Yes, yes. Also, do you know who has been added to this card? And I can't wait. Give no. me the rhino. Give me the. Give me the. Forget the. Oh, you give, give me the pastor of players down in the uh, in the crotch, if you will. The white rhino, David Allen, is going to have a ten round heavyweight bout against Ariel Esteban Bracamonte. Uh, it sounds like probably a uh, Caribbean backup singer in a uh, in uh, the in Amelia Estefan's uh, band. Uh, Where's that Miami Sound Machine? 
I, he used to hang out with Billy Ocean, and he's yeah, still fighting. I mean, I just watched. I just called the, him a the zone fight a few weeks ago with him, and he fought a guy who was like driving the Uber to the arena. And you know, after he got knocked out, he. <laughs> yeah. a, I mean, I, I, much respect to David Allen. He's become so beloved as a character yes. that Eddie just Eddie Hearn just wants to throw him on cards against anyone to get him a win because it's sort of it just gets the crowd it, lo it loosens the crowd they up him. they get crazy chanting for David Allen. Uh, DAZN's double dipping on Saturday because they will be in Chicago, the home of James Foley, the great one, Rafe, as the WBSS Cruiserweight Quarterfiles. Rafe, we love it when we're cruising together. I'm sure you care about Christoph Skolowacki versus Maxim Vlasov for the vacant interim WBO Cruiserweight title, 12 rounds, quarterfinal matchup. What, what do you got for me? You're damn right, man. Golovsky's fun. Fun guy to watch. Still very, is he, I, hey, these are this fight, the Briatus fight. They're, they're gonna be worth watching, man. These cruisers, I don't, look, I, I can't remember the last time I watched Maxim Vlasov fight. I don't really care. But you, you just know when you put these, these big 200 pound angry euros in against each other, they're gonna give you a pretty good fight. And I'm gonna be there to watch. Not Golovsky, in person. That's the guy who won our hearts on that PBC brawl, right? Who do, who do you take the soul of? Uh, Hook? Michael Hook, right? Hook, yeah, yeah. He's only 32 right now. He's, uh, he's still 30 and 1 with 19 KOs. Is he a player? Wasn't he, wasn't he an alternate in the first, uh? He was an alternate, and the only reason he was an alternate is because right before the tournament began, he, he took an L to Usyk, which is not, obviously no, nothing to, to hold against somebody in that division. Alright, alright. He owns a victory over Steve Cunningham. So, yeah, that's that. Um, also the Cobain, wow. Myrtis Bradis in the other, Cruiserweight quarterfinal matchup against Noel Mikalin. It's a WBC eliminator. Who the hell is this Noel guy? You know this guy? I know that he is a Russia fighter uh, in weight category 200. Oh, hell, Rafe. It's time to talk a box with ya. <laughs> Got to play with the bag a little. You have a little bit of fun with the bag. You play with it. You win combinations on the bag. Wow! Wow! Uh, any any? What's your favorite combination to use on on the bag? <laughs> I can't say that on the air. Uh, will either Bradis or Golotsky have this opportunity on Saturday? You shouldn't beat my man Tibbs. Come on, man! You got him. I mean, that, that's something you know. That's I, I don't. I don't think so at cruiserweight. However, I think that uh, we do have a, a a chance to to hear someone say that. Maybe maybe Mark Brayland or JDs may be saying that to Deontay Wilder on December first. Wow! Uh, wow! If uh, if Usyk gets a knockout, should I jump in and interrupt Dave Bontempo and just scream double K Bob? Will anyone get that? I, I think they will. At least our our audience will be there. The, the boxing hardcores know the kebabs, man. They know yes. I am feel. I say go in, go all in to give us the weird Lomachenko backstories. Talk about them fishing together. Yes. Do, get get a little wacky with this. Might have shot his a little bit. If somebody does that, I, I mean, you got to report it. Rafe, Saturday, do you care? Because you know I do. Integrated sports pay-per-view, Miami, Florida, originally at Marlins Park. Then they got their brains together and were like, you know what? Maybe we should move this to that like convention center down the road. Yuri Orcas Gamboa versus Miguel Beltran Jr. 10 rounds, lightweight main event, but you can't mention the main without the damn co-main. Juan Ma, Juan Manuel Lopez versus Christian Mino. Ten rounds lightweights. We're back to the marination station, Rafe. We're back where we need to be. I am so damn 
fired up about what this is, what it might look like. Uh, like people know what I want out of this. I want everything. I want it all. I want all the kebabs. Do you care though? You and I went to the press dinner in Vegas with Gamboa. We ate some Mexican with him at Gonzalez y Gonzalez. We hung out with the guy. We ate his food. We drank his beer. Will you be there Saturday tuning in to watch this? Ah, uh, it's not on the top of my list, Brian. I'll be honest with you. I do hope that Gamboa comes to the ring in one of those sports cars that he posed in front of for yes. some of the promotional shots with the two ladies in the swimsuits. Got his shirt off. Got some weird bad fashion boots on and a uh, and and some sunglasses. That's the Gamboa I want to see. You know what? I think it would be funny if they both lost oh, and then we're like, hey, we can still fight each other. <laughs> it's so weird that they didn't just make this fight. Like, this is a pay-per-view fight, Gamboa versus Juanma. Like, finally, I'd be all in on it. I'd probably buy it, like, just straight up. But doing this slow build, you're right. There's a great chance that one or both of them lose, and there's a great chance we see it anyway. There's an equally great chance after the fight for this. Now he's basically saying that the referee stopped the fight because, they, you know, they have gambling problems. And Wow, wow. Hey, Felix, hey, we never talk about Felix De Jesus. You know, he's sort of the poor man's, uh, what's our guy from HBO that we love? Jerry. Jerry Olaya? Jerry Olaya. Yeah, yeah. He's sort of, you know, he's no Ray Torres, but you got any love for Felix? I, I love all of the translators in the game, man. Are you serious? It's, it's one of my favorite parts of, of watching fights is, is getting to hear the translator explain what's going on in a corner. Um, I was just sent some photos from the great Ed Keenan, who's uh, one of the uh, PR guys for this event, of Juan Ma on the beach in Miami, uh, shirtless, running. This is fantastic, Rafe. I wish I could. Right, right on, man. Uh, you know, he's 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 telling, he's making it very clear to you to Yuri Gamboa. Hey, man, you ain't gonna be the only person doing glamour shots in with your shirt off here in Miami. We're gonna do this right. Do you know and or care anything about Juan Ma's opponent? Is he he's a, he's a lamb? being let in yeah you gotta assume they're both jobbers uh because it would be very bad for business if somehow the marination station did not lead to a fully marinated steak of gamboa and juan Ma lopez all right all right you know i'd love to keep talking about this we're probably three hours into the show we got to get out of here but uh christian mino who's fighting juan Ma, is 19 and 2 he's 21 years old he's from argentina though rape that might mean that he's uh I'm ready to, you know what, until we get a, uh, 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 until a new Argentine fighter comes in out of nowhere and shocks us, I think we're, I'm ready to retire that. I feel like oh, these guys wow. are just eating off of, off of Marcos Maidana's reputation and they haven't come through recently. So show me something, guys. Show me a rat tail. Get, give me some Narvaez out here or something. Wow. That was very, that was very harsh for you. That was almost a blow blow. That was, uh, um, well, you know who the guy is? Uh, Brian Castaño. They say is 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 a is a legit contender at 154 if he gets right. a shot. Christian Minos coming off a two fight losing skid, and um, he has two wins in 2016 in Argentina, and the opponent it just says unknown. So, that's good sign. Good sign. Good sign. It's a good sign. All right, uh, we are going to get out of here with this, Rafe. Oh, two more. Do you care? Durango, Mexico, Saturday. Be in Sports Español. Diana Cordero versus Jackie Nava. Ten rounds for Cordero's WBA women's bantamweight title. Brian, you know as well as I know that I take every – I take notes on every second of every round 
and every fight in the women's bantamweight division. And I, I have been waiting for this day, this moment, for so long. I cannot wait. I'm so happy it's here. I'm down. I'm ca- I can't. I'm all in. All right, all right. Uh, from Guanbo, Puerto Rico, I just butchered that city name, Felix Verdejo, he's back, Rafe, after getting his soul taken. Then he had the car accident. He was supposed to be the next Miguel Cotto. He's going to face Yardley Armenta Cruz, 10 rounds, junior welterweights, no American TV, but do you care? Don't really care. Yeah, I don't really care. We got to get that guy. Where's Bob? Bob, get that guy back up. Can't you at least puff him up for Loma to take him out? I, I feel like Bob thinks, I think he's dead to Bob. For whatever reason, Bob does not seem like he's he, he wants to pump that guy up anymore. Corner man, if you're listening, get the give me the inside scoop here. I need to find out why Verdejo's dead to you guys. This is this is ridiculous. The guy's so good looking, you know. I know he doesn't really have it, but he could, he could be a B-side, right? Yeah, he could be a B-side, uh, but he got to win a fight first. All right. Well, here's the main event of Do You Care this weekend from Gilwichi, Poland. Rafe, do you recognize this voice? I'm going to kick his ass. Remember, remember, champ, I'm going to kick your ass. Arthur Spilka is back, Rafe. Are you, do you know who he's fighting? Are you prepared for this 10 or 12 round heavyweight bout? I'm so in on this fight. Marius um, Wak. Oh, my God. Spilka walk. How is this not a DAZN Chicago co-main event underneath? That's true. Yeah, ship those guys in. God, I know Golovkin's already bringing in the the local audience, but just a, a legends fight to lube everyone up beforehand. Wow, dude, this is going to be fantastic. I mean, walk is kind of like the Polish Nikolai Valuev. Yeah, not quite as enormous, but he's a good what six eight or something. Yeah, they say for six eight, he's good. <laughs> he has no Montel Jordan, my yeah. man. Ah, all right. Hey, that will end the show. I guess Rafe doesn't care. Uh, follow Rafe Bugs at Rafe Bugs. Sign up for his newsletter. You'll probably never get another one. Buy his I, book. It's coming out. I promise, mother elvis. I'm starting. I started writing one. I, it's coming out. I'm not letting a Nico Macias, Alexander Usyk week go by without putting out a newsletter. I don't know if there will be one for a couple months after that, but this week there will be. More surprising signing. DAZN signs Canelo, PBC signs Rigo, or ESPN signs Steve Kim? <laughs> oh, man. That's a tough call. Uh, I don't have an easy answer for that. I'm going to say the DAZN getting Canelo. All right. All right. We'll leave it at that. Rafe, thank you for joining me. Thank you to the listeners. Check out, if you like wrestling, check out that show. That show should wow you. It's the uh, CBS Sports Podcast. Uh, we, we might be going under our new brand, rebranding. Spoiler alert. All right. Hey, how about that, Rafe? Uh, it was great talking to you. Uh, you got anything else for the people? No? We out. We out.